Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 4. This whole passage talking about the church, the marvellous body of Christ. He's ascended to heaven, he's given gifts, and through those gifts he wants edification to happen as we build each other up. And then he speaks about spiritual growth, 14 to 16, and that's where we started last week. The means of growth, but speak the truth. The means of growth is truth. And uh, we looked at those three areas. The key to all the growth is truth. And in the spiritual realm, we looked secondly at the mark of growth, but speak the truth in love, in love. So love for God, the sovereign, love for the word, the scriptures, love for the saints and love for sinners. That's a mark of growth, that we have that for each other and the Lord and and unsaved people. Now we go to the next item or thought in this verse. These verses here, the measure of growth. By speaking the truth in love may grow up into him. Who's the measure of growth? The Lord Jesus. Where was I the other day? And uh, house, had their house renovated and they had in the house the, the door f- architrave where the kids had grown, and they mark, marked it all off. Was that someone? I don't know. No, it was someone renovating, and so they said, what should we do to the builder? We'll, we'll take that off and we'll put it on the door, back on a new, a new door. <laughs> so we got all the records of their growth at their ages. It's just memory slipping. <laughs> but the mark of growth... And, uh, and everyone, they all want to grow taller, don't they? <laughs> Bigger than their brother or sister. Well, we have a mark of growth. Oh, the, sorry, the measure of growth is Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ in him. Um, <clears throat> likeness to Christ is what is being dealt with in this third mark, measure of growth. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the word. And I pray that as we measure ourselves with yourself, we never reach that perfection lord we will take on your image and will be made after your image and we will progressively become more like you and one day put on an immortal body that lives forever and when we shall see him we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is and lord i pray that this might be the measure of our growth today and we'll be earnestly pressing toward that point lord it's something that we do not, any of us, want to be ashamed before you when we meet you and when we go into your presence. And if we're growing in you, Lord, when you take us, Lord, we'll be thankful that we did and give glory to you on the way. In Jesus' name, amen. Likeness to Christ, back in the verses we've already looked at in verse 13, till we come in the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, unto the perfect man, unto the measure, unto the measure of the fullness of Christ, the measure of Christ. So that's the measure of growth, that we may know him. Paul, just over in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 8 through to 10, 
earnestly said these things, yea, doubtless I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, that we might know him to be able to measure ourselves to him and always realise we've got more work to do, more things to happen, more things to change, more things as Ephesians and Colossians tells us to put off and other good godly things to put on. And other things accounted count them but loss. Um, I've suffered the loss of all things, Paul said, his reputation, his uh, finances, his, his standing in the pharisaical community, and he counts them but dung that he may win Christ. Now he has a different measure. Before he got saved, he had a measure. It was other Pharisees. It was other people that persecuted Christians. He was trying to keep the law. All these things have I done from my youth up, he said in the portion of Scripture. Concerning zeal, verse 6 of Philippians 3. Persecuting the church, touching righteousness, which is in the law, blameless. Well, he measured up, didn't he, in his, in his unsaved life, but it was all to no avail, and he counted it as dung. <laughs> that he might win Christ and measure up to him and be found in him, not having his own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ. The imputed righteousness of the Lord Jesus, <clears throat> that the righteousness which is of God by faith. Have you got that righteousness? Because if you haven't, you're not a Christian. We've got self-righteousness or law righteousness, works righteousness. No, that, that comes. we do those things after we get saved after we have his righteousness. And so let's measure up to Christ in our progressive sanctification, in our righteousness. We are given his righteousness, then we walk in righteousness. Um, <clears throat> in verses 11 to 14, not only that we may know him, this is in Philippians 3, 11 to 14, but that we might be like him, he says there, that he might attain the reason for which he's been seized or apprehended. And he, he counts not himself to have apprehended in verse 13 of Philippians 3, forgetting the things that are behind and reaching forth to the things that are before, he presses toward the mark. That's what the Christian should be doing, pressing toward the mark, keeping your eye on the goal, keeping your eye on the Lord Jesus Christ, measuring up to his growth, that we might bear his image, as we opened in prayer about that for our study in 1 Corinthians 15. And verse 49 we read, And as we have borne the image of the earthy, if we had Adam standing here, I dare say he's probably about our height. He's probably a bit redder than we are, a bit more like an Indian. That's the colour that they say it all come from, the different range of colours. Red earth, Adam. And so... <clears throat> We bore his image. He's got, he had two eyes and nose and mouth and arms and legs and everything we have. And he didn't have six toes. And he, he was like, now, if we've borne that image, what are we to bear the image according to this verse? And um, well, we, I didn't get you to look at First Corinthians fifteen forty-nine. We've borne the image of the earthy. We shall also bear the image of the <clears throat> heavenly, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the measure of growth is, growth is the Lord Jesus Christ. It leads to maturity. Back in <coughs> the verses there in... <coughs> excuse me. Got a, something in the throat there. <coughs> leads to maturity, verse 14. And uh, not tossed to and fro as we've already looked at. Be no more children. 
plus to and fro, having become such as is need of milk and not strong meat. There's one thing we should not do, and that's measure ourselves with or amongst ourselves, but against against the true yardstick, the Lord Jesus Christ. As I mentioned, the yard, the measuring pole, whatever we had in our house, <clears throat> not doing it against another person, but against the Lord through his word. As Corinthians tells us in 2 Corinthians 10, 12, for we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, you see, Paul was well acquainted, as I've just said, <coughs> with... Oh, thanks, Toby. <laughs> he was well acquainted with doing that before he became a Christian. And he said to the Corinthians in 10.12 of 2 Corinthians, they are not wise. It's a terribly low benchmark. You know, you know what? When we compare ourselves with ourselves... Who will we inevitably measure ourselves against? Is that someone that's more spiritual than us or someone that's not doing as well? Yeah, <laughs> the second. The one that's not as doing as well because that makes us look good, see? If we compare ourselves among ourselves, that's human nature. We want to be better than the other bloke. So we'll measure ourselves with someone that's not... We ought to measure ourselves with Christ and then we're always going to be pressing toward the mark. That's the benchmark. That's the measure. In Greenwich, Greenwich, I think that's the way you say it, in England? Greenwich. Ah, there you go. I do. Greenwich. <laughs> that's where they keep all the standard measurements. In a controlled temperature room at a certain temperature, certain humidity, it all has to be there to to do it you know and, and when they they get the instruments now the electronic things that measure so accurately you know the lathes now you set the thing you set the machine up and the computer controls the, the taking off of the the metal right down to you know the tenth of a thou of a thou <laughs> it just and, and and then you get the grinder on it and you can polish it like a mirror you get the surface grinder on it and go over it but um, <clears throat> they've got the instruments that measure it in small little amounts there. Mark and measure of growth is the standard of the Lord Jesus Christ, just as man has to have a measure. We see the fourth thing now about growth, the magnitude of growth. In verse 15, again, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him, in all things, who is the head, even Christ. The magnitude of growth is in all things. Every area of life is involved in our spiritual growth. <clears throat> and it says it pretty plainly in 1 Corinthians 10.31. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That's in every area of our life. You know, um, the Pharisees were commended by the Lord in certain area, but their behaviour was way off mark. They were not balanced in what they understood of the law and what they practised of the law. I'll show you, that James said, I'll show you 
my faith by my works. You can try to show me <laughs> your... And he was referring that the other way around. <laughs> they were trying to show their faith by their faith and it, there was nothing attached to it and there was no good deeds. Remember the Good Samaritan? I mean, there's so many things the world uses. The good Samaritan, Noah's Ark and things in their advertising and things. But the Good Samaritan... <clears throat> and that showed the, and, and as the Lord was talking to, it showed the attitude of the religious leaders. Where the Samaritan helped the man out, not the priest, not the other bloke, but the Samaritan, and it showed the growth that he had, his maturity in spiritual things, is what the Lord was pointing out, and their lack of it. Um, in wisdom, in patience, in speech, in separation, in sanctification. In diet, in clothes. The thing is, with us people, we tend to narrow in on one area and don't keep a balance in all things to mature in Christ, to grow in Christ. Uh, we have a bent toward just that area, but we neglect others. And the Lord wants it in every area of our life that is involved in growing in all things, in all things. Um, <clears throat> And it's especially true in our weak spots. And uh, <laughs> how, how do you know your weak spots? Well, ask somebody that lives with you, if you really dare. <laughs> and they'll, t they'll tell you your weak spots, won't they? They know because they're there 24 hours a day. You know, we come to church and we get dressed up and we dress up our attitude too which really shouldn't, but should be always good. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> are we growing the magnitude of our growth? Is it in every area, even the weak areas of our life? <laughs> in James 3.2, it reads, In many things we all stumble or offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. And so we do offend, we do offend all, we do stumble. And we need to learn to get on top of that and grow in those areas particularly. <clears throat> I can't, I, it just pops into my mind, Tony James, some of us knew Tony James. There's a, maybe five of us here that knew Tony James, and Ben James's dad. His life's work was driving cement trucks, driving buses, driving, driving. What was it that took his life? Driving. An old, old made-up bomb. But sometimes we just are not ready for it. We can get overconfident in the areas we're good at too. And that's where often we can fall because we have just neglected to grow in that area. The magnitude of growth is not in all and in a balanced way. So be careful. And as you look, you look around, you, you observe those things, that in all areas we're to grow, and often we'll fail in the <clears throat> blind spots, but also in the spots we have self-confidence in. Um, <clears throat> if we're growing in the Lord Jesus It'll result in great gratitude toward the Lord Jesus, even as it is back in chapter 1 and verse 18 of Ephesians, 
where it reads in the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power. When you get to know the Lord and the more you get to know the Lord in all things, these things become evident. That, that spiritual growth, that drawing closer, that desire to be with the Lord. Like Enoch, he, he, he was not for God took him. Why? Because he walked with God. He was drawing closer. He's, the magnitude of his growth was so much, well, come up here. And he did. And we may be taken up one day too, all of us at the same time in the rapture. <clears throat> you know, I've got written down here, a Christian is like a dinosaur. In what regards is a Christian like a dinosaur? In, in right, right where we're talking about now, we're talking about growth. That's it. A dinosaur kept on growing. The longer they lived, the bigger they got. And uh, <clears throat> that's what uh, Christians need to do. Keep growing. Should never stop growing. Never say we've reached. We should be, as Paul said, press toward the mark. And so <clears throat> those are the few areas there. The manner of growth is the next one in chapter 4 and verse 16. Um, this is back in Ephesians 4 and verse 16. From him. From him, from whom the whole body, fitly joined together, compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working and the measure of every part, maketh the increase of the body under the edification of itself in love. The whole body, you know, this is growth collectively. Have you ever pulled something apart? And not never got it back together, or maybe did get back together. He did get it back together to fix it. I remember, <clears throat> was it? Yeah, an engine, like one of the bulldozer engines. When I was only in my twenties, I never pulled it apart, but I had a, a book. So I said, I can. We can do this, and you pull. You lay a big bench out, and the length of the sheet is as long as this, and you just one part, one part. Bolt comes out of there, undo it, put the bolt nut back in there and everything goes in order as you go along. So that when you start putting it back together from that end, you have to buy new bits for certain things and seals and bearings. You'll you know, buy new bits or pistons and rings and sleeves and, and, and then you put them in where they're, and you just put it back together. And you put it in the, in, the, in, the, in the bulldozer, you connect the batteries to it and you go... <laughs> and it starts it took a bit of because it's so good compression and <clears throat> but every part has to work together the the, the, the timing on the the, the gear pump the um, fuel pump has to be right on one little tooth out and it's not going to push the diesel in at the right time under through the through the things that what are those injectors and so <clears throat> it all works together. When Christians are growing together in Christ, the engine starts <laughs> and the engine goes. <laughs> the church works. That's the purpose here. That's, that's what we're talking about. But if we slack off or if there's one part of the body, when, you, when your hand hurts, when your head hurts, when your eye hurts, when your shoulder hurts, I can think of people in, <laughs> that have those, when your hip, hurt, when your hip hurts <laughs> or your knee hurts, it just the body doesn't function. Everything else hurts. So it is in a church. If that part's not growing and not not operating right, 
The manner of growth is from him and we should be taking this in from him, from his power. He's the one that gets the glory. He is our source. Everything comes from him. Our life, our sustenance, our opportunities, our joy, our peace, our, uh, our eternity is from him and for him. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may, be, may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. In Psalm 139, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. He's put us together personally. He's put us together collectively as a church. Uh, <clears throat> he is before th all things, and by him all things consist and hold together. Fulfill ye my joy, Paul said, that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind, let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. And so the manner of growth is from him. He is the source of all these blessings. We must make every effort to stay open to his working through his word. And um, I think First John chapter 1 deals with this. <clears throat> it talks about remaining in the truth. Remaining in truth. That truth, verse 6, and secondly, remaining in touch, verse 7. It's talking about fellowship. And verse 9, remaining in tune. If we sin, we confess our sin. Remaining in tune and remaining transit, remaining moving. If you're sitting still, you're really going stagnant. Or you're going backwards and evaporating. We need to be moving forward. <clears throat> Press on. And it, it often seems like there's so many different things are coming that we're going backwards with all the pressure against us, the evil one working against us. But press on in the power and strength of the Lord Jesus. There's a vital connection we need to take, to, I mean, to be involved with, with our devotion, with our meditation upon the Lord and his word. Uh, <clears throat> must exert effort in this growth. Setting aside sin and self and all these things, not faltering, not fading away, not fizzling up. Not like, was it in Ephesians, I mean Hebrews chapter 12, where feeble knees and growing weak and failing in our Christian life. He is the head, we are the body. He is the rock, we are the rocks. He is the vine, we are the branches. Let's close with looking at John chapter 15. <clears throat> John chapter 15. He is the vine and we are the branches. The manner of growth is absorbing from him, from his word, from thinking about him, from thinking as, as the songs even make us think about him and heaven. <coughs> in verse 4, abide in me and I in you. The branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except you abide in me. He is the vine, we're the branches. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. When you do it in our own strength, we can't make it. We can't do it. It's his strength, it's his power, it's his work. So stay close, abide, stay connected. In truth, in touch, in tune and in transit. And... Um, <clears throat> It talks about fruit, much fruit. And where does it say? It says um, another fruit there it's got. Your fruit, much fruit, yeah. 
So there's four aspects to fruit there that come from abiding in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we finish there and we'll look before we move on from verse 16 to marks of immaturity. We've seen marks of spiritual growth, but there are, there are marks of immaturity. And people that are immature don't necessarily know it until it's pointed out or someone points it out to them. I remember someone once when I was only a mid-teenager, he said, you need to grow up as an adult. I thought it was rude the way it was said to me, <laughs> but it made me think and I've never forgot it. <laughs> we need to grow up in the Lord Jesus Christ. Are we growing? As we said last week, from last year till now, is there been, has there been any growth? And if there hasn't, what's the Lord going to need to do to cause that growth? Remember what he did to the uh, fig tree that wasn't? Growing, he cursed it. To another, he said, dig and dig about and dung about it, freshen it up and see if it bears better fruit, more fruit. Remember, we had an old lemon tree on the farm at Emerald. It's long since gone. It's all lawn now, but there. It wasn't bearing fruit, and someone said some, put some nails around it, hammer some nails into it. I didn't hammer the nails in. I thought I might have killed it. I was interested as a teenager in making it grow, and so we had some old rusty nails and steel from the shed and just put it all around underneath, and it worked. <laughs> it had a lot of lemons on. The old poor old tree was probably suffering shock, but the Lord might have to hammer some nails in or, or do so, add something or cause something to, to bring us to, to grow in him. He doesn't want unfruitfulness. Why stand ye here idle all day? 